Hello, this is Stefan Walschmidt with the Duke Graduate School's Figuring It Out podcast. Today, we'll be talking with my esteemed colleague in history, Christina Davidson. Now, what I really found interesting about this conversation is how it touches on the ways that graduate school can be a way not only to explore your own intellectual interests, but also the wider world and meet people from all over the place. Let's take a listen. Hi, Christina. How are you doing today? Um, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me on the program. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're both actually mere days away from graduation, right? <laughs> yes. Very exciting. My research focuses on uh, the island of Hispaniola, um, particularly actually the eastern side, the Dominican Republic. And um, I work on uh, African-American and Afro-Latino or Haitian interaction uh, through uh, the AME Church, the African Methodist Episcopal Church, which is a historically black church in that was founded in the United States mm. um, as a denomination in 1816. Mm. And so I love to study the connections between Haitians, between Dominicans, uh, between other people of African descent in the Caribbean and in the United States Mm -hmm. um, as they interacted through this church. Yeah, I mean, we were talking earlier, and what I found really interesting about your project as you describe it is it's you were talking about how you'd spent time with the AME Church in Chicago, right, and then realized that there is this connection to the Dominican Republic. Yeah, that's a factor of the fact that I grew up in the AME church, you could say. I was raised an African Methodist. Mm -hmm. And when it was time for me to move to the Dominican Republic in 2007 as part of my first um, uh, research experience, I, I looked up. The, the church, the local mm-hmm. church in yeah. Santo Domingo, um, and was able to instantly have a connection to the country that I had never been to before. And yeah. so I think that one of the reasons why I ended up studying what I study is because, you know, hundreds of years later, mm-hmm. uh, there's still a connection to the Amy Church on the island. And people like me who are going down there for other reasons, um, but mm-hmm. have perhaps connection to the Amy Church may find that they connect to the island as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they're the kind of these networks that exist all across the diaspora that don't necessarily follow the lines of kinship and, and nations. Yeah, that's exactly. really interesting. So you've been doing all this work on AME archives on its on Hispaniola. But I'm also wondering what are some of the other things that you've done in graduate school that you maybe didn't necessarily expect that you would do whenever you came in here. Right. I think that uh, one of the great things about Duke is that it's interdisciplinary. And so for an undergrad, and I came straight from undergraduate school to uh, Duke, and so for an undergraduate, um, one of the great things is that I was able to engage in the humanities labs that they have here, I was able to learn pretty quickly what historians do. Yeah. Well, um, what, what is a humanities lab? Because I think the traditional model for a humanities scholar is you sit down by yourself, you look at an archive, and then you write your book, right? So what's a, what's a humanities lab then? The idea behind the humanities labs is to get people in different disciplines working together on a question that may pertain to the humanities um, or mm-hmm. a larger thematic question and to do work collaboratively that you uh-huh. wouldn't be able yeah, to yeah. do 
um, alone. So yeah, yeah. So what's one of the labs that you participated in? The Haiti Lab? Did you say? Yes, I, I actually participated in three during my uh-huh. tenure here: yeah. um, the Haiti Lab, the PhD Lab in Digital Knowledge, and the Brazil Lab, the Global Brazil Lab. Yeah. And so um, for the Haiti Lab, it was actually ending when I was coming in, but one of the uh, initiatives that I did get to participate in was the Haiti in Amber installation that is currently on display in this in Smith Warehouse. Yeah, yeah, there in the FHI. Yeah. Could you tell me a little bit about that installation? Sure. The installation is a set of resin blocks in the color of amber, but they're lit from <laughs> behind. And inside of the resin blocks are we, we set in their images of Haiti as well as um, objects uh, that mm-hmm. represent or symbolize Haiti or bring out the color or yeah. <laughs> the sparkle. Yeah, what, what are some of the objects you have in there? Let's see. In mine, um, in my two blocks, I used, um, in one of them, I used mm-hmm. uh, broken shards of mirror to uh-huh. uh, create a machete. Mm-hmm. And the the machete then symbolizes the very tragic 1937 Haitian massacre mm-hmm. at the yeah. the border of Haiti and the Dominican Republic. Yeah, yeah. So there, there, even in these resin blocks, you're kind of interested in like what's the action that always happens at the border, which can be places of extreme connection but extreme violence as well. Yeah, and I don't know. So you, as a historian, wherever you were coming in here, were you expecting to also be like a multimedia artist? <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely not. Um, but it was a project that allowed me to connect with. Uh, some of my colleagues, as well as uh, my my mentor and advisor, and so I um, I'm very proud of being part of that project. Yeah, no, I mean I, I know I've seen a lot of talks given in front of that sort of resin block thing about all kinds of different stuff. So I was wondering if you could also talk a little bit about the work you've done with the Brazil Lab. Well, I've always had an interest in Brazil. Um, mm-hmm. Even as an undergraduate, I studied Portuguese, and when I came to Duke. It was one of the things that I really wanted to do was continue with that study of the language because I think that the same sorts of Afro-Diasporic connections that I study on the Mm -hmm. island of Española are very evident as well in Brazil. Mm -hmm. And so I have really benefited from my work with uh, John French in the history department and Mm -hmm. his expertise on uh, Brazil Um, and also with the Brazilianist here at Duke in other fields, uh, particularly Romance Studies. Yeah. So while you were doing this uh, work with the Global Brazil Lab, I understand you actually went to Brazil and did some things down there. Sure, I'd be happy to. I was very fortunate to receive a Duke Brazil Initiative grant in 2014. And in the fall of 2014, I was able to travel to Rio de Janeiro, where I spent time talking with people, particularly in the Baixada Fluminense uh, area, region mm-hmm. of Rio, and um, that's a particular region of Rio um, that's highly populated and um, is known uh, for its high concentration of young people as well as uh, for you know what we would in the United States consider minorities, right? And mm-hmm. so... I was able to talk to people about their experiences in higher education, the low access to higher education, um, mm-hmm. and to it was really just a, 
an initiative to start the communications, to start the con- contact uh, between people in the Bashala with Duke. And um, mm. through that, I think that, uh, you know, people at the Global Brazil were then able to carry on some of the projects that they're doing today. Oh, okay, that's so interesting because that, that's actually a really interesting link, I think, with some of your research because like kind of one of the things you research is these international sort of networks and communications and the work you're involved in in, glo- in the Global Brazil Lab is kind of, well, how do you actually start building those uh, initially? Right, right. And I think that, yeah, I think it's a very, uh, I would say, contemporary application to yeah. some of the work that I, <laughs> that I do, you know, yeah. two centuries ago. But just thinking about how people are communicating across space, comparing their own situation. We talk about higher education in the United States. You know, mm. there that was where my interest in Brazil kind of came up. And because of that, I because mm. of my interest in higher education in the United States, I then wrote a grant to study it in Brazil, which connects another interest of mine looking at Latin America. I think I think what to me was most interesting is, yeah. you know, questions of inequality mm. and how people are trying to think around that. Um, mm. um, you know, mm. um, and, and Brazil is a very different case than what we have here in the United States. In Brazil, you know, it's the public universities that are the more prestigious universities, mm. and access to public universities is not always available to people mm. um, of color to the same extent as it is to to white people. And so I think that for me, it was really interesting to engage with people from public universities and to mm. kind of hear about their experiences and to see how they're accessing higher education. So you've participated in all these different interdisciplinary initiatives. Mm-hmm. And what would you say is kind of the cumulative effect of those of the of participating in all these different initiatives? I think I had the luxury here at Duke uh to really engage in some of these activities that I think may not be available to other people at other universities, or if they are, um, the climate or culture of the university is not to push interdisciplinarity. Mm. For me, um, it was, looking back, I, I do value the experiences because it taught me a number of things. It taught me mm. One, what are some of the big questions that are being asked in academia Mm -hmm. in terms of uh, engaging various disciplines, working collaboratively, um, Mm. how to bring technology into the classroom or into digital projects, um, as well as how to engage scholars and publics in other areas and Mm. other geographic areas such as Brazil. And so Mm. I think that in all all of those things that I just mentioned um, gave me a much broader Mm-hmm. Um, conceptualization of how to, I don't want to say spin, but <laughs> for lack of a better word, spin my research or how yeah. I can engage with the university space in a way that is uh, productive, not just for me and my own personal and professional development, but also for other people, also engaging yeah, other right. people. And I think that that's not something that you get with a traditional, if you just stay on the traditional route, you don't get that perspective. I think as well, you get a sense of what are the cutting edge movements in higher education? What are mm-hmm. what are the discussions? What are, um, I don't want to say administrators, but people who are thinking about where to push education, what... Yeah. You know, I think that Duke is uh, very innovative in creating the humanities labs. Mm -hmm. Um, And so 
how do humanities labs work? I mean, you get an insider knowledge of what are these changing academic yeah, spaces yeah. and how yeah, can yeah. you as a scholar and as an individual and someone who is engaged with questions perhaps of history that might seem very narrow, how do mm. you engage with these broader movements in higher education and make yourself relevant to them? All right. Well, I think that's about all the time we have, right? Okay. So thank you so much for coming to talk with me about interdisciplinarity and uh, the, the, the Dominican Republic, Haiti, Brazil. And uh, I'll see you at graduation, I guess. Thank all you, right. Stefan, and congrats to you. <laughs> yeah, bye-bye. Bye-bye.